Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'm joined by special guests today, plural, Puffa of Nervous Fog and Brina of Rat Girl Games. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. It's, it's good to have you back. Now, now, Brina, this is your first time I've, I've spoken with you, but Huffa, you've been on here in the past to talk about, well, some pretty cool stuff you've put out, to be honest. Thank you. Yeah, the last time I was here was for Between the Skies when it first, first came out. And since then, you know, we, I've put out those as scenes, kind of, you know, so there's two out, there's a third one coming. And there's also some exciting news in the future for big Between the Skies stuff. Oh, I'm excited to hear. I'll pass it off to Brina. Very excited to, to be here and talking to you. I think the show is very cool and Nice to be talking about this. Excellent. Well, we're talking about today a project called Against the Gray, and that's being put out by Secret Table. So we got a few things to talk about here, it sounds like. Secret Table and then Against the Gray. I- I'm assuming maybe we should start with the adventure, or do we want to talk about start talking about Secret Table and who's putting this out, or how do we want to go about this? <laughs> Either way, I think maybe starting with the adventure, and then we can a little bit more about what the project is. Yeah, but we could start with the adventure. I, I can just briefly intro like what it is and then Brina please feel free to interrupt me at any time and then you know you can sort of expand but yeah so the adventure is set in a forest very kind of open-ended where that is that we wrote the whole adventure so that it was very like you drop it into most campaigns so it's set in a forest but beyond that we leave it very open and the forest is being kind of invaded by a corporation that has found a resource in that forest and is kind of moving in, building things into that forest and building equipment to extract this resource, which is damaging everything in the forest. And the resource that they found is this spirit. So basically everything that dies in the forest, their spirits end up in the spring. And that's kind of the sort of life cycle of this forest. And this corporation is extracting that spirit, turning it into a kind of toxic, but useful and valuable substance that is damaging the entire forest. And we called that corporation the Greys. And then you are playing on the side of the rebels. You are either a rebel yourself or you are kind of an ally. In general, all the characters in the game are anthropomorphic animals, but you don't have to play one. Like you could play, be from a distant land and be a human or whatever, but like all the actual, both the greys and the rebels are anthropomorphic animals. And I don't know, Brina, do you want to expand anything on that? Something we didn't necessarily actually put in the pamphlet, but have kind of talked about a lot since is like if people weren't necessarily feeling the anthropomorphic animals aspects, you can take the animal and use that as a kind of personality trait idea uh, for them. And it really is kind of like just playing on those kind of like capitalistic extraction, messing with the ecosystem kind of things, bringing politics into TTRPGs, just shocking stuff. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's why I was excited to talk to y'all because I want to hear that. This is what I like. This is exactly what I want to hear. Let's talk more about this. The extraction of 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 souls of soul talk about that i i, I want to hear about that because that sounds like a very apt analogy in some ways in reality i'd <laughs> like to hear more of what you're talking about here <laughs> yeah the idea is that 
you know, they're that everyone kind of their afterlife in a way is to be kind of circulated through the forest. And the forest is this kind of circulation of death and life with these souls kind of going into the spring and then coming back into the forest and whatever. And it, of course, Brina and I were talking about this beforehand. It's this classic example where like it is keeping the forest alive, but from the perspective of this corporation, it doesn't have any value, right? It doesn't, it's not doing anything there. And so they're coming in to like pull this life out and turn it into something that they can sell and make use of. And I think, Brina, do you want to talk a little bit about the other thing that they're doing with like the the eye monsters? Because that's another aspect of how they're using this. Yeah, so the like the uh, syrup, which is like the, the oil or, or the, the extraction of this spirit kind of matter resource is also kind of being experimented on by the, the workers that they have who are generally like other forest dwellers who may, maybe have been... Uh, being coerced into work or kind of have no choice uh, in, in the matter and there is this uh, whole uh, other aspect to the the rebels and the greys which is the eye monsters who yeah who are these people that have kind of been experimented on by being dosed with this syrup and are becoming these kind of monstrous wild-eyed out of control kind of uh, creatures they are are very likely to be relatives and friends and people connected with the rebels and your characters so it's when it's not supposed to be gung-ho go and mow down all the eye monsters (laughs) i appreciate that i appreciate that i i do because there is something to that what you're saying there there is there is this there's an element of our current reality that seems to be reflecting it seems when you're saying that to me (laughs) and i feel that those are things that probably need to be talked about in public spaces in constructive ways and i feel a lot of times they're not being discussed in a constructive manner these days would you say that i'm crazy for saying that not not at all i think like it's very easy to dehumanize well there's a a lot of dehumanization just goes on all all the time but I think everybody is human no matter what they're doing or or how they're being painted and I think that's something important to remember not in a like enlightened centrist both side kind of way but in a not to just Godwin's law too much but the idea of like Hitler being this kind of like demon is unhelpful because that takes away the kind of banal horribleness of the horrific things that terrible people can do so like innocent people being made into monsters and also making monsters out of people doing horrendous things none of it helps <laughs> and none of it is realistic i think i forget the exact reference but something i often think about with with monsters uh is that like a monster is a, is a sign that something has gone wrong <laughs> uh, there is this the story of this like uh tiger that was like hunting and and killing and just like attacking children and it was just this horrible horrible story and it turned out that it was had been badly damaged by hunters and it had no choice the only way it could survive was like basically take uh, eating children and like it it was a monster that was created it wasn't just a monster <laughs> yes i think there's i think there's i like what you're saying about how the monster was created and in our society we see that occurring in real time i feel if you watch the six o'clock news <laughs> I, I try not to but yes <laughs> i i need to stop i'm driving myself crazy <laughs> yeah. 
No, I just wanted to build a little bit on what Brina was saying and also say, like, I think that games are really, these kinds of games in particular are a really good way to address these things because it puts you in this position in a way where you, you're playing, inhabiting this role where you're in this situation where you very kind of viscerally can experience the emotions of these terrifying monsters that come at you, that you are in a position of someone who potentially loves the people who are those monsters. And like, how do you deal with that? And playing that out, I think in that context is can both be like cathartic and maybe push you to think about some of the things that Brina, I think is bringing up about that complexity of like how we understand people who have become in a sense or things that have become monstrous. I, like the tiger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. So I, I'm going to derail for a minute. We probably we're going to get back to some of this as we go on, but secret table. I'd like to, I'd like to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it is a small trans TTRPG community that we created. Uh, um, actually, Evelyn Moreau, our co-author, started it. And it has as its goal basically to put out projects from us and to kind of harness those projects and that both in terms of resources and energy to kind of mutually support our community. So that's basically the idea. And we're really in sort of nascent stages right now. This is our first project and we're definitely going to be putting out more stuff, but that's the, that's the idea. I don't know, Brina, if you want to add anything to that. It was just it kind of really seemed to start just as a, a nice place for trans folks to play TTRPGs and inspire each other and, and be creative. And it's been going for a while everyone kind of either doing their own thing or doing little collaborations with e with each other mm -hmm. and that just grew into let's formally do some stuff together and and if we can do that by like both then putting that back into our community and so we can keep doing this and do other stuff it's just nice to see how it has has grown out of just like hiding in the corner and playing mm -hmm. games together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a secret table that has become a little bit less secret. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, like as a, as an old D and D player, I definitely had experiences where I where I was uh, I felt that, uh, especially coming up, that like just talking about the things I was into was socially awkward. But I believe that we've seen large amounts of social change in the last twenty to 30, 40 years in general in society, and I think that there's a lot to what you're saying because things are changing in society and have been changing in society and i feel they need to be that we need to find new ways to talk about them and ways to talk about them in the public and deal with some of the problems that are out there that we have we can acknowledge and see you think i'm a, I'm a madman going into crazy town here <laughs> yeah no not at all i i mean I, I i think both of us probably have a lot of things to say about that but i mean i think it's an interesting example what Secret Table brings up because obviously in certain ways things have changed if we're talking specifically about kind of the ability of trans people to be in public, but also they have also not changed or even in some ways gotten worse. So things both exist. So having spaces where, you know, we can be together and, you know, mutually support each other, I think is really important. And then I also think as this project shows, it's really important 
to find ways to make those things visible in ways that continue to support our community and like are safe and helpful for us, but kind of enter into the public sphere. And so into this like small way, I think that's kind of what we're, you know, trying to do. I don't know, Brina, if you want to. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. I think it it is weird. Like I, I, I got off Twitter. It wasn't good for me, but in the same way, like I didn't know that non-binary was a thing and I didn't know that trans people could be treated like human beings <laughs> before that exposure and I think Secret Table being out there and, and doing that especially like it's cool when we do things that are explicitly uh, queer or trans like there is a, a, a insinuated like lesbian couple in the Rebels we are just doing TTRPG stuff and so like it's, it's an interesting balance because it's important to be explicit but it's also like we are just people doing stuff that's cool. I think something that Hover and I have talked about quite a lot is the interesting thing. We're both particularly uh, interested in like the like OSR stuff and like FKR and and many other letters as well. But there's so <laughs> much. <laughs> there's a lot of those going around these days. <laughs> just, 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 a, just a few of them. Like as you say, things are moving on, and that's wonderful. Like it used to be all one way, and now there is kind of in every group there was almost like two communities there's a a community that is really moving forward and progressive and inviting everyone in and the other one that's kind of going no I'm good (laughs) and it's just nice to be part of that 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 first community (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and I also would add it's really interesting and I think that like this has been true for both of us and I think it's been true for a lot of people that there is a space in certain slices of the RPG community, which is both very trans and queer and very friendly to people who are. And I know for me personally, getting into RPGs was actually a major aspect of me coming to terms with who I was and being public about that for the first time, which I was really very much in the very early stages of the last time I was on this podcast, which is very funny to me. I appreciate that. I'm really, I'm really thankful to hear that. That means a lot. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited. I like what you're saying. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, and and so I think you know one of the experiences I had was kind of getting into RPGs and you know get, finding myself in groups of people that I just felt a lot of kinship with, and then realizing, oh well, so many of those people are queer and trans, and I feel so comfortable in this space. And it really was a place of kind of, yeah, feeling safe and able to kind of reflect like, oh, those are people that I admire that I kind of want to be more like. And it really actually helped me. So I hope that kind of making what we do more public could open that up to other people who are getting into RPGs too. Yeah. I, 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 I do like that. That, 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 that is, that is, that is good. I'm, I'm curious to know a little bit of more and, and this, it's tell me if I'm overstepping, but I'd be curious to hear a little bit of more about that journey that you've spoken about. There's, I think people can learn from that. I could, I learn by listening to others and by having others teach me and trying to hear what they say. I'd be happy to say like, yeah. So basically um, I, you know, bit of a like late bloomer in terms of understanding myself as trans. And when I kind of first started as a, you know, later adult, it's my history with that is really complicated, but I will go into it as a later adult kind of started questioning those things. I was also getting into RPGs at the same time. Those things were kind of coincident. And when I got really into them um, was coincident when I got really into trying to figure out what was going on with me. And I actually published Between the Skies, which not 
coincidentally kind of has like pseudo trans colors on the cover that coincidence like just like within days of coming out like that and I was on your podcast three days after I came out so like that is so wild that I did that and so since then I would say that my ability to find space where I could like I really wanted to meet other trans people and I didn't know very many at the time and one of the places where I could do that was through games and that has been huge for me like an amazing thing for me that now I met people like Brina and Evelyn and so many other people who this like been so wonderful for me and like the space that I'm in so I think it's 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 you know it's not that RPGs are entirely some utopian space, but there are some nice like slices that are pretty amazing. I don't know, Brina, do you want to add anything to this or say? Yeah, there, yeah, there are, there are lovely bubbles. I know, I know people, there's been a lot of discussion about how the word uh, like TTRPG family is a bit awkward and like community is a bit awkward because it's just like a whole disparate like bunch of communities and and groups and stuff but there are some lovely lovely people out there and like i, I sort of touched on with uh, mentioning like twitter it, specifically it was ttrpg uh, twitter and a bunch of the actual plays and things that were huge for me like oh, i forgot it's cool but uh, tk uh, johnson's ravenloft uh, actual play uh, for dnd sage from venture maidens and a huge bomb was like the way ali beardsley is treated on dimension 20 like seeing like non-binary and trans people just existing, doing their their thing and being real people and treated like real people was was huge. And that was something that I noticed was going on very much in a lot of this progressive kind of TTRBG space. And just like playing a lot of uh, female characters in video games growing up, I found myself playing a lot, a lot of female <laughs> and non-binary characters when I was at the table. Because a, a rule I have found is... I don't think we do a great deal of role playing. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's either aspects of ourselves or like the opposite of aspects of ourselves. There's very little entirely original role playing in role playing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and yeah, the, a classic, a classic pipeline: the female non-binary RPG character to coming out as trans. I remember I have one funny story about that. A huge Baldur's Gate fan played many hundreds of hours of it. And I I don't know how many other people have encountered this Easter egg that if you custom make your party and make every single character in your party a woman and you talk to like one character, they'll be like, you're all women. But I was like so obsessed with only playing women, even like six people that I remember running into this one Easter egg. So I was definitely that I was in that pipeline. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's interesting. I like that. I, I do. I know that when it comes from me to me, uh, one thing that I like about role-playing games, I, I'm a social theorist. I went to school for sociology and studying uh, society and the shifts and changes in society has been something that's driven me or perplexed me for a long time. <laughs> and I think one of the positive things about role-playing game is what you're saying is an opportunity to, as C. Wright Mill said, use your sociological imagination and explore things. And there are discussions that can be had at the table as things that can be explored that perhaps aren't as easy to explore or discuss in other places in this day and age. Do you think that I'm just a crazy person saying that? Like, am I, am I, I feel sometimes when I say these things that I'm out of my mind, but I feel that I I have a point. (laughs) Absolutely. I think like something that like when you, like no one questions the character 
that you make generally like you it, like you're a a female dragonborn cleric uh, like who i don't know worships a devil like who, who knows like but that's just what you are and everyone kind of has to agree and believe in that that fiction and that narrative so you have the space to explore that without it being questioned and also like it's much easier for a character to go on a whole arc and, and journey of character than, than it is for a person like I I, I had a, a very brusque uh, dragonborn uh, rogue called, called Locke who was just a complete asshole and just the the journey of, of him softening finding a boyfriend like and just like it's amazing the growth that can happen in in a relatively short period of time that takes a lot less effort I suppose in many ways at the table <laughs> Uh, yeah so so like we we have a a a hobby that is play and they, and they say that we learn through play correct it is i think there's something there to it that could be added to a social positive or social good in the end <laughs> yeah i think so i think you know I, I think there's a lot more to kind of think about and explore about it but i do think that there is a way in which both in all of the ways in relation to yourself and your understanding of yourself and everything that Bina and i have talked about and in i think also some of the things you're alluding to about a sociological imagination that you can in this space kind of explore these places and people and things and social relations that do not yet exist. And of course you can do that in fiction in general, but I think one of the things that's really great about RPG spaces or a couple of things is one that you put yourself into that situation. So you think through what it would be like to be there and then you can actually act in that headspace. And then also I think just the fact that we're not trying to produce a final product. So we don't have, everything doesn't have to be finished and beautiful or anything. We're just having fun and imagining, and maybe we're doing more than having fun and trying to imagine things in terms of like, you know, political possibilities, social possibilities that don't, that are not yet actualized, but we don't have to kind of turn them into an academic paper or turn them into a compelling fictional novel. We can just exist in this space of thinking through them together and it's collaborative. So we're doing it with each other, right? So it's not, oh, you're in your own head thinking about this. You're bouncing this off other people, which is like a really, I think, can be a very fruitful and amazing thing if you embrace it, right? There are so many people who do like the opposite. Like, I don't want any of this in my RPGs. I don't want to talk about this or think about this. So you have to like embrace that possibility and it certainly can be uncomfortable. But I think if you do, it, there's amazing things that can come out of that. Yeah. I think I think you're right. And I really like what you're saying. <laughs> I appreciate that greatly. It, it's uh, profound stuff there, I feel. <laughs> Huffer is right, and she should say it. T-shirts coming soon from uh, Secret Table. <laughs> Huffer was right. He was right. I'm going to tell everybody that Huffer was right. She is correct. <laughs> so let's let's talk about how this plays out in game. Like we, we we started off talking about against the gray, and and some of the concepts put in there. How much of what we're talking about? is in against the gray or other games like like uh oh 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 my goodness be it's not is it's not beyond the stars is it is i'm getting my names of the of the wait my name 
Yes. Between, the, between the, skies. the skies. I'm sorry. I'm getting things confused and transposed in my head. You'll have to forgive me. I'm being terrible. I should have grabbed when I came up here. I tried nope. to do that. Between the skies, between the skies is very different. I think there's some innovative things going on in there that should be looked at. I'm not going to lie. You, you, you did a great job there. Well, thank you. I, I mean, first, like just to, just to focus on against the gray for just a second, there's one thing that we haven't talked about yet that I think is a real space where we tried to bring those kinds we, we alluded to it a little bit, but we really tried to bring some of those politics, which is like, okay, so you have these eye monsters and they're potentially your friends, so you don't necessarily want to kill them. But also we've set it up and we uh, hope that the referee will make this very explicit to the players. And this is actually, um, I have to give credit because it was Brina's idea and it was such a good idea and you should talk more about it. But that that if any character, any character dies, that is what causes the situation to get worse. And there are a series of escalations because they're because they're further kind of feeding into this now dysfunctional like spirit death, you know, life ecosystem in the forest that's being messed with. Yes. So you have this motivation to be really careful about not only not killing other people, but trying to like as much as possible prevent death around you from occurring because it's going to make the situation worse. I, I, I think it's important to say uh, one of the things that Evelyn said very early on when we were talking about the, the escalations uh, was like like the forest spirit from Princess Mononoke. And like that's something that I very much kept with me as I was as I was writing this. And that kind of is the final escalation is a full annihilation forest spirit kind of mode is the end. I really like kind of personifications of, of, of nature and those Greco-Roman like pan pagan like like avatavisms of of nature and the idea of like that balance things being unbalanced and kind of messed with how that would rep represent that's why there's like the strange like spriggans and the the, the warped way the the various like uh, flora and fauna get weird and dangerous <laughs> as as things go on because i don't know how explicit i was thinking about this but like it's coming to me now like all of this stuff like does relate to stuff in the real world and like it is a kind of microcosm and like escalation of like climate change in many ways like the, the climate is going to try and kill you <laughs> if you mess with it too much um, and it, that's more explicit in the game <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I just, this is slightly off topic, but I just want to make sure that we talk about it because it's such an important part of the game. And, and Evelyn came up is like the art in this game is so amazing. And of course, you know, Evelyn Moreau, uh, you know, she's just an amazing artist. And I think that it really <laughs> adds, yes, right. If, if you're seeing this on video, it's right behind, it's framing Brina, the map. <laughs> the way that she kind of captured that vibe that it was related to everything that we're kind of going for in the game. And in terms of like, you can see on the map, the way the um, grays kind of cut into the forest and the pollution kind of going down, I think is really important. The way she rendered the characters in all of the illustrations, I think also give this sense of like kind of rebels with their back to the wall trying to fight. And and I think there are also like, I, I we haven't talked about this at all, but I was looking at like the cover and thought like, she's also doing like some really interesting, smart things with like gender expectations in terms of those, in terms of that cover, which is pretty great. Not to mention them just being like super eye-catching and cool. Something that like made me a, like a huge fan of, of Evelyn before I 
got to befriend her and just try and keep my fangirling under control. But like, is her kind of artistic voice is so incredibly strong. And there is a, there's such a, a sweet and like hopeful aspect and homely and just like community aspect. And then such a, the kind of opposite of that, like a, a real weird and destructive and like rebelling against how awful things can be. Uh, <laughs> and I think that really comes across it both in the story and in the artwork for this. Like you can look at that front cover and go, oh, it's a cute bunch of animals like with their backs to the wall. But like it is a bit more uh, grim, <laughs> grim than that. And I think that's just something that works so well uh, with her whole like sensibility. Yeah. And I also just want to briefly add, just in case it was not clear that like all of everything that you're saying, Brina, is so true. And I just want to briefly add that Evelyn also wrote so much of this. So like, this is a collaborative thing conceptually as well. I, like just to, to make that clear. So everyone, everyone oh, knows. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got I, I, we're gonna, gonna need to wrap up here real quick, but there's something I want to I want to talk about and ask about that I keep on hearing said, and and I'd like to see if y'all could maybe expand on this one last thing a little bit, but the the idea of collaborative, of community, and things like that. It seems to be an important thing. I think about what a lot of us have been talking about and the things we've seen in the gaming community over the last years, and there's been a lot of discussions online about our communities and our spaces and stuff like that. And you're mentioning words like collaborative. Could you expand? Yeah, happy to. I mean, I think that one of the discussions that occurs and, and is that, you know, a lot of things that are talked about as communities are not actually really communities. They're huge, you know, kind of disparate groups of people that contain a lot of different communities, not good or a bad thing, but like the TTRPG community is not really a thing. They're just like, hundreds, thousands of little communities within it. So I think one of the things that we're trying to do is I think a community really is a place of like, you know, kind of mutual support and recognition and kind of a sense of like shared kinship and stuff. And that exists, you know, within spaces that try to establish that. And so we've kind of tried to establish that in our little group and build on that to work together, you know? So I think those two things are really integrated that we work, we work well together because, you know, we're all friends and we're talking to each other all the time. And, you know, that feeds directly into our ability to collaborate. I don't know, Brina, do you want to add? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like um, also like more granularly, like the, the, the process with which we, we did this, like a, a number of people who had ideas and, and threw things out and then, we started working on them and half of Evelyn and I kind of like like took, took the lead on that and, and started working on these. But, but every aspect that we we took on was brainstormed and and like workshopped. No one did kind of anything completely on, on their own or it was even completely finished. Like I didn't do any drawing or anything, but like <laughs> we all, we all did like discuss those and see how, how we did it. It wasn't like we all went off into separate, separate rooms and then like hammered it all together at the end. I think that was a really nice part of it and beyond that being the little community that we are and the fact that we are like constantly like touching base um just generally and the fact that we want to put anything we make from, from this like straight back into that so we can keep doing it and keep supporting each other because marginalized folks do struggle and I think if there's a way that we can put that money into helping each other and just anything that we learn 
and can can share with each other that's that is really important it's a thing <laughs> I, I really appreciate that i was like can you say the last thing you said again oh i, I said a mutual aid is a thing <laughs> i i really appreciate that i think that's a beautiful thing to talk about i think we need to talk more about mutual aid in general in the open and in the public and to one another and we have resources to do that now we can reach out to each other we don't have to wait for a book to come to us we can respond to the writing that has occurred and that's what you know we're doing in live space with the internet and social media and everything else. But no, I'm so glad you mentioned mutual aid explicitly, Brina. And I think you're just absolutely right about, I just echo like, you know, the importance of this as a just kind of continued project of emotional resource, mutual, you know, creative mutual aid, like mutual support. Um, and that's really how it's envisioned. We're over time. <laughs> I, I really want to thank you two for coming on. I've really enjoyed this conversation and what you have to say and bring to the table. And I want to thank you very much for reaching out to me to come on here and talk about this with us. Thank you so much. And thank you for having us on. It was so great. It was so great to talk. It's been yeah, really lovely. Thank you. No, thank you. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, before we take off, can you tell folks where they can where they can find Against the Gray, where they can check out Secret Table, where they can find you all online? Well, you know, all those types of things that I like to end with. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see. I will try to get as many things as I can. You, know, you can fill in. So uh, Secret Table, the easiest way to find us, the only place to find us right now is secrettable.itch.io, our itch page. You can find me at Nervous Fog on Mastodon, Twitter, and Instagram and Against the Gray is up at the Secret Table Itch and my game Between the Skies is available on my itch, huffa.itch.io and then you can buy physical copies of all the zines on Exalted Funeral and like I said, something and there's a third one coming out very soon and something very big coming out soonish in the fall. I, I'm excited. Also, also worth mentioning that uh, Against the Grey is going to be getting a, a, a print run through uh, Ratty Incanti as well, which is really exciting. Oh, yes. We sh I, I did not realize that. I wish that I did know that. I would have brought that up much earlier. I definitely <laughs> would like to talk about Ratty Incantati and tell you to go check out what they got. <laughs> I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the folks at Ratty and Cantati. I, I appreciate them. They're, they're oh, great. they're amazing. And and Drago has been so great. And so we're like really happy to be doing that. So yes, that is coming out. Check that out. That's the currently the only place you can get it in print. So go check it out when it comes out. And and then for me, Rat Girl Games, uh, G3RL. I like to make it nice and complicated, like Riot Girl. <laughs> I so I, I was doing stuff like under Edwife experience um i did a couple of little bits and i'm still kind of there on the, on the socials and stuff this kind of coming out of a real kind of bad like depressive kind of situation the last like few years this year has been a huge new world for me and that's where why i started rat girl games and yeah i've just been releasing some stuff on there uh let's think palimpsest is like a tiny little first, baby's first hex crawl that is now 44 pages and growing <laughs> <laughs> very excited about where that's going so yeah <laughs> I, I, that sounds i'm definitely going to be checking that out uh, thank you both for coming on today it's been good getting a chance to talk great thank you if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today give us a positive review wherever you're listening you'll find us on facebook search wobblies and wizards i'm on tiktok and twitter at logar hail crom we're on patreon patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and as always Keep those dice rolling. <laughs>